So we're recording this episode a day late and Isaac went ahead and texted me, really great episode. I really enjoyed this one. And something told me that my bracket went bust. He was just a little too, a little too excited and a little too coy about why this episode was so great. So you think you think I just texted you that out of pettiness and not just the purity of my love for, for Survivor? I think there was an undercurrent of petty. There was an overcurrent. I was really psyched about about beating you. <laughs> Welcome to Outwit Outplayout Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 44, Episode 11, I'm Not Worthy. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? My fire take is that it's all about friendship. I think the this Survivor cast, if we got to the end and they started making TikToks about how they all actually hated each other, I would be shocked. I'd be sad because they're all deep breathing every morning. They're playing games. They actually seem like they're the best of pals. And even when they're voting people out, they're like, I actually really like that person. They were really cool. Um, and I think they're just all best buds on the beach. And it makes me happy. Yeah, I like it too. Like, I like the vibe of we're competitors, but we respect each other. And that, to me, that's like the highest form of Survivor. And I'm so glad we achieved it with this cla- with this cast. Um, my fire take this week is about Heidi. And my fire take is that Heidi is for sure going to earn her spot into the final three by winning a fire making challenge. And I have to admit here to reading the edit a little bit. The first time we ever met Heidi... We had a whole little montage where we see her success story of successfully being the one in the tribe who makes fire, despite always being uh, underestimated. And then this episode, we get her little montage where she's doing a lot of crazy stuff, by the way. She's like on the side of a building in like an orange jumpsuit. So it was like a... It was like a jailbreak slash bungee cord situation. I don't know what was going on there. But in that montage, again, they show her making fire. So this is like, even for Survivor, this is a little over the top with the edit. But I would be shocked if she does not earn her spot in the final tribal with a little fire making action. Well, Isaac, since you bring it up, we were going to read the edit. So let's read the edit right now. I 100% agree with you. That was a little too one-to-one with the fire. I was like, you would not show... Miss Ma'am in the backyard with the sticks unless she's going to fire, which I'm actually mad because I hope we're getting pumped because I feel like I now know too much about the end of the game, which annoys me a little bit. Hey, if if they're head faking us and this was like a long con and Heidi ends up like losing in fire making, mad respect for the Survivor producers. That would be sick. I would love to be deceived that way. Because I also was reading the edit with Carolyn this episode, and I think they're working overtime to make sure that we know she's actually a strategic player. Because when she came back and was terribly upset, in we got about 30 seconds of Carolyn being terribly upset, and then another 30 seconds of her being like, I know I can't just go off. Like, I know it's... I have to come back and like play the game and interact with people. Like I know I'm a little bit of a hothead, but like, I know what I'm doing. And it was a huge explainer. And I was like, is this just so when Carolyn takes that W, like 
we all don't feel like when that woman who I'm so sorry, I can never remember her name. She was Canadian and broke the yeah. thing. Yeah. The hourglass thing. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. You once well, it yeah. not like something that you've happened. I know. Yeah. Carol, they're putting a lot of juice behind Carolyn. So hopefully, I, I mean, for the sake of my, my bracket, I hope she runs the table. That was my prediction, but she's got a target on her back after this episode, which we'll get into, but why don't we rewind a little bit? Kayla, could you take us into the recap of this week's episode? I sure can. So as we just covered, Carolyn comes back big mad that Jam Jam and Carson did not include her in the plan to vote out Franny. She eventually comes around and agrees to keep playing the game with Tika. Danny's on the beach looking for who has put the vote on him. Heidi, who did put the vote on him, (laughs) suggested that it was probably Franny, which brilliant, the person who's not on the beach. But Jam Jam threw her right under the bus. Unfortunately, Danny does not believe his biggest ally would betray him and instead kicks off like all the non-Tikas plotting to vote out Jam Jam, who they think is the biggest threat. Fast forward to the challenge. Jam Jam goes ahead and brings home immunity in both Isaac and I's favorite challenge, which we will talk about more later. And back at camp, things start spinning again. The non-Tikas agree to actually put the votes on Carson, who they think is the next biggest threat. Carolyn, as usual, her spidey senses start tingling that things are not right and that they are gunning for Carson. She's of course right. And at the last minute, Carolyn tells Carson that she may play her idol for him. And she does, which ultimately sends Danny home. All right, Kayla. So to the point of your fire take, there's a lot of survivor friendship moments. We have the meditation, deep breathing. We have Carolyn being Carolyn with her lobster props. Um, just like there's like a hair accessory. There's a little lobster creepy. Lobster props is so good. <laughs> lobster props. <laughs> lobster props. She's got a little finger pointy thing. Um, but we move on then from the good feelings to what has to be one of the most psychologically stressful challenges, probably the most stressful challenge that you can participate on Survivor. And as we've alluded to, both your and I favorite challenge. So they call this one the last gasp. And it's that tide coming in slowly but steadily. It seems like the psychological pressure is the thing that breaks people as much as it is the actual need to keep on breathing. But this is one of your favorite challenges, right? What did you think? So good. I also, maybe it's me, I didn't realize that the water was so cold. <laughs> like, why did I think it was Fiji bath water that they were all waving in? But Lauren started her teeth chattering, and I was like, oh, no, they're freezing. Um, yeah, it's so good, number one, because it typically doesn't take that long. And it shouldn't be interesting because you're just watching people float in water for an undetermined amount of time. <laughs> but Sometimes you see them struggle, and I don't know. It definitely triggers something in your your animal brain where you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they're on a TV show, they are fine. There are medics, but I'm like, they're going to die. <laughs> yeah. It really makes me reflect on, like, what makes a good survivor challenge? Because you're dead right. Like, why is it so damn entertaining to see people? They can't hear one another. They can't hear Jeff. They can't interact. All they can do is push their faces up against a little grate and, like, struggle. And for some reason, as an audience, it's so gratifying to watch. I guess it's, like, the comfort of being on your couch through a TV screen, like, watching people, like, sort of suffer and struggle when you don't have to experience it. 
Um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but I have to say, I don't know that my money was on Jam Jam going into this challenge. Like, did you Mine have? Was. Oh, really? So I what was your reasoning? Jam Jam, was... Jam Jam grew up at a place where there's a lot of water. And he was yeah. like, I've spent, the... he's like, I'm on the beach. I'm chilling. I was like, you are primed and ready to like float for indeterminate numbers of time. And he did. Yeah. He was like, I'm eating this up. Where yeah. the winners of this challenge are always people who are like most comfortable in water, a la Ozzy. Because then you, your little brain is like, you know what? I've been in water. I might not be drowning. But people who clearly aren't swimmers, they're like, uh-uh, this is how I'm going under Lauren. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This is one where I would totally practice. Didn't didn't one of the contestants say that Carson they had like practice? He practiced in the bathtub. Which I just feel like you cannot simulate like the experience of being in the ocean on Survivor from your bathtub. Um, but yeah, this was just awesome to watch. Of course, Jam Jam is like a priceless reaction. There's yet another awkward hug with Jeff, Why which is just a staple. That? Is that so they just, do they all want to hug Jeff? Like is Jeff like giving out hugs this season and they're all just trying to get their hug? So no hate, but like there used to be a little bit of a sense of like a status difference between Jeff and the contestants. And I feel like, I don't know that I need that, but like they're breaking every barrier with Jeff. Like people are cracking jokes with him. We get later, we'll talk about the Robert De Niro impression with the torch, like jam jam hugging. Like, I don't know. Like, I think Jeff is okay with it. Sometimes he se- it seems a little out of place, but you know, again, he's sort of of the show now. He's like almost like another contestant who just is not at risk at tribal council, as opposed to the sort of like austere judge who isn't allowing his emotions to show, which I feel like he used to back in the day. That was more the vibe. But new Survivor, I feel like we've also gotten new Jeff and he's just, he's just fun. He's, he's a host of the people. A host of the people. And we're a podcast of the people. All right. So after Tribal, we're back at camp. We have a few potential plans. One where all the non-Tikas are going to go ahead and put their votes on Carson. Then we have another plan where all of the Tikas are going to put their votes on Danny. Except the Tikas are a little bit outnumbered. And so there's some side chatter about potentially splitting a vote between Danny and Heidi. But at that point, that seemed unlikely. But it ends up being more likely than we thought. Yep. So fast forward, that gets us to tribal. Isaac, take us there. Yeah, so tribal council. This was a good tribal. We've sort of complained, I feel like, some about the tribals not really like adding up or not giving you anything more. And you said that you've seen people say like, the way contestants treats tribal now, they're like trying to land their little sound bites. And I think that is why some of the other tribals we've seen this season haven't been like so good. But this time we got real action and... We got a little snippiness, and I think t- Tribal I Council just needs to be a little snippy. Like, so, give me the bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's map out the snippiness. I think this there are four people involved. All of them are targeting Carolyn. So there's Carolyn at the middle of it. You have Danny, Lauren, and Jeff, ultimately. So Lauren's ish, Lauren says something about how there's like more experienced strategic players and more like other players and clearly is casting Carolyn in the role of like the other, which I did not see that coming from Lauren. I feel like she's a little bit more diplomatic uh, typically. And then Danny, I think he basically just, I don't know, agrees with that comment. Like 
what why exactly was Danny pissing off Carolyn? Danny was just like that's he agrees, but then yeah. backpedals it and is like yeah. not ex- like Lauren was like not experienced and he's like, No, nothing anybody says here matters, like it's just a game, basically like relax. Yeah, right. Yeah. So maybe so Carolyn's sort of like hearkening back to how betrayed she was by the other members of Tika a little bit, and Danny's like just just chill and and he does it in his sort of blunt way that also i find like it, it's a turnoff for me too danny Very danny can off-putting. sort of go there yeah it's just off-putting um and so then hilariously jeff is then like well carolyn like you could get some more sleep and then you'll be feeling better and she just sort of death stares him and jeff is like are you mad at me now and she's like yes <laughs> which honestly again totally fair i feel like telling people that they need to get more sleep so they're not in a grumpy mood is like one of the things i find like most annoying like you can't you can't do that especially a tribal when it, you're putting people on the spot like that so i don't also, know I'm jeff, on a desert island jeff like shut up yeah <laughs> you're i know and the bed at ponderosa every night like don't talk to me <laughs> Yeah, right. Jeff is chilling and yeah, and he's like condescending to Carolyn. But I have to say, ultimately, all of this is so good for Carolyn. Like the jury seeing this and how everyone's underestimating her right before she plays an idol that no one sees coming. Like you could not write the story better. My only concern, like I'm hoping she's not peaking too early. Um, but yeah, I, I this went Carolyn's way. About that. Yeah. Um, but also the jury's full of Carolyn stands. Like you think Matt and Franny aren't aligning their jury yeah. votes that's true. Carolyn at the end, please, please. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's just a question of whether she can go the distance now and survive the next couple of tribals. Um, but then Jeff asked this interesting question at tribal council. So Kayla, summarize that for us. And, and what were your thoughts? So Jeff says, it's a million dollar game. You should be speaking up, which I feel like was a nugget from Jeff about how he sees the game. Because yeah. sometimes we get the like, he wants to play hard. We've gotten at the beginning of the season, a bunch of like, you're sitting at the challenge again. Um, And this was a great insight about like, you should, the kind of player that he respects because word on the street is that he was not very happy with the Gabler win of last season. And I think this nugget puts all of that in context. Like he wants someone who's trying to make a move, do something. And Part of me is like, I mean, your ratings are probably more a little bit attached to when there's more excitement. So maybe that's actually for you and your pocketbook and your bag, but also for the spirit of the game. Jeff appreciates an active player. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And I, you're not even throwing shade. Like, that's what it is. Like, Jeff wants to believe that this game that he's played such a big part in designing is a situation where the better player is the more entertaining player. And so he's sort of putting his hand on the scales here and saying, you have to do shit to win Survivor. Meanwhile, like we forget about and he forgets about all the players who come out of the gate swinging way too hard early on in the game and just go because everyone's like, they're trying to control us. I'm going to vote them out. So like clearly there's not just one way to play this game. And honestly, like the person in, you know, there's an argument to be made that like, Come final seven, whoever's in like fourth place is in the best spot because <laughs> you so just, true. you know, you, you just like, your way to the end. yeah, and you just vote out the three people ahead of you and try to find a good speech at tribal. So was I a fan of the jury awarding Gabler the victory last season? No, I know that you have a more complicated, I think, perspective on that. So I sympathize with Jeff's perspective, but ultimately the game survivor has become, is not one where being the most 
the, the loudest voice in the room is one that will advantage you. And I think we see that here with Carolyn, who I think everyone now agrees is in the best spot. She hasn't gotten there by putting people down at tribal or making huge flashy moves. She's bided her time and she made a great move when she had to. You just said something really interesting, which is cook up your speech at tribal. What yeah. is your, you're on a desert island. What's yeah. your speech plan? Like, you have yeah. not a pen or paper. Are you mumbling to yourself? Are you going on little walks? Are you trying to, like, use the sticks to maybe write something out? How are you planning your speech? So some of the listeners will, will know that I kind of, like, mumble practice speeches to myself in my regular life. So on Survivor, when I'm even more unhinged and, like, hungry, I'm probably doing that more. There's probably once in a while where people are like, is Isaac okay? Because I really see him talking to himself. But all I'm doing with fellow contestants, just to give you the heads up, is planning my speech at the final tribal, which I've already started. I have many drafts in my notes app of my, my final tribal speech. But I think that you can create, ultimately, I think you can create a great speech for any kind of game. Um, if you were an under the radar player, you can say something like, look, you know, everyone always applauds the people who make the biggest moves, but you make the biggest moves, you're the biggest target. I got to the final three by biding my time, creating great relationships, staying under the radar, and in a compliment to how great you are at this game, jury, you didn't because you were recognized as threats too big, you know, and just go at it like that. So there's a way to, I think, craft a good message around any anything. I think we saw Gabler. I think Gabler gave a nine out of 10 speech Gabler for a three speech of speeches on survivor. And I think that's what yeah. He yeah. He, he gave a nine out of 10 speech for like a three out of 10 game, I would say, <laughs> but it was enough to get Big him across hater. the line. Big hater. I know we'll do, we'll do a Patreon pod and just, just focus on Gabler sometime. I think the fans need it. All right, let's let's do a little by the numbers, an advantage count and a vote count. So one advantage in play, it's Heidi. She has a hidden immunity idol. Vote count for this episode, two votes on Carson, Danny and Heidi, three votes on Danny, Carolyn, Jam Jam, and Carson, and two votes on Heidi, Lauren, and Jamie. Isaac, why do people keep putting these random votes on Heidi? What's your thought? It's really weird because no one has articulated a reason why she is a threat. And I can articulate many reasons why she probably is not a threat. Um, The best reason I can think of is people want to weaken Danny by voting out an ally of his. But obviously, in this case, like, just vote out Danny. Like, you don't need to throw votes at Heidi. So I'm not sure. The only thing I'll say is I think a blind spot of mind in analyzing some of these vote counts is, like, we always think of tribal being the art of the best vote. But sometimes tribal, like politics, is the art of the possible. And sometimes it's just about who can I build a coalition to vote someone out, even if that person isn't the biggest threat in the game. And I think that's a reason we see Heidi's name. She hasn't ingratiated herself with very many people. So there is always a coalition of people who are at least willing to vote out Heidi because she doesn't have like super strong alliances. And so that's why I think we're seeing her name a lot. It's really a symptom of the fact that she is a weaker player because she doesn't have great relationships as opposed to people perceiving her as a threat. Does that, does that explanation? I think that's your fire take. That was a fire take. Yeah. Mm, It's tough when you, it's tough. 
it's tough when you discover your fire take 20 minutes into the episode, but yeah, that should have been my fire take this week for sure. I think that's a great one. Yeah. Um, I had a, to the idol yeah. Play. Yeah. So the idol play here, I, I wanted to pose this question to you. Carolyn plays an idol here. It was super cool. She did not need to play it. You know, there were only two votes on Carson. So he was not going home. It's still a good move. Like it was still safe. I, I think I want to applaud it as a good move regardless of that. But just generally, if an idol is played and it has no impact on the results of a vote, as a jury member, are you still looking on and applauding that player for making the move? I think in this case, it's special because it really looked like she did something because yeah. <laughs> there were still a, a non-inconsequential number of votes placed on Carson. Like it was a two, three split. And if you had to explain this at the end, you would say Lauren and Jamie were never like within my alliance. I couldn't count on them for anything. What I could count on is what I had and created myself and used it to secure my alliances, which I think is like pretty compelling. I do again, think it's weird that Lauren and Jamie decided to, aid honestly in the tika overthrow by not voting out danny which they had pitched to everyone um and instead do this third plan but sure. yeah i feel like every week there's a couple of votes where we're just like shrug what what happens and yeah this is one of them like i don't understand targeting heidi here i've got to think that tika was like successful in if not recruiting their votes just like giving them a red herring person to put votes on I I think ultimately like this adds up to Tika's resume, the fact that they were able to split them like this, but ultimately at the final seven, they're able to vote someone out with three people, which I don't know how often that's happened. Seven. I'm always like, who's going to be happened in seasons and seasons and seasons. Nobody lets you get this far. And that's why I'm so confused by this because they knew what they had to do. Danny was like, we need to take back the numbers. This is very clear. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) I guess Danny must be that much of a snake because we got a couple bits of people being like, I don't really trust Danny. Like we don't know how far we can take this, but I feel like the time to trust Danny was next week when you had the numbers and not this week when you're definitely getting picked off. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But I agree with you. This definitely adds to Carolyn's resume, even though it didn't shift the game. I think people are are at the very least so surprised that like she had this in her back pocket and kept it on lock, kept it a secret. I'm curious if Carson is going to have the the chutzpah to potentially go back and vote out Carolyn after she's done with him, because I do feel like he has that ethical side to him. I don't know if he's cutthroat enough to to identify her as a threat and put votes against her now that he's indebted to her, but he should. I mean, she's threatening oh. one now. <laughs> he should. You got to. I, know. Um, I think that might piss off the jury, to be honest. It could be. You're right. Okay. That's a consideration. Well, anyway, Danny does end up going home. I think you do know that um, Carolyn spent so long at the booth, remember? And then on her vote, they showed that she crossed out Lauren's name and wrote Danny. Holy crap, that would have been crazy because then you would that have had 2 2 2 split. Or, yeah, yeah, 2 2 2 split. And I was that like, would have Karen, been wild. This was your plan. I know, but she What's stuck to her guns. <laughs> she stuck, stuck to her guns. She voted out Robert De Niro, I mean, Danny. He then does his tight five. He said, I promised my firefighter buddies that I would do my little Robert De Niro impression. Go ahead, snuff my torch. Jeff really gives him the stage for quite some time. It was probably the longest pre 
torch snuffing sequence of Survivor just because he was given the floor like that. And then he doubles down on it in his little out post credits outro speech. Um, I have to say, I, I, I do like Robert De Niro. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. It wasn't hitting for me. It's definitely a, an above average De Niro impression. And I respect that he just went for it. What I'm worried now is like, this is what I'm talking about with Jeff being everyone's buddy now. People feel like they can just do anything with this guy. And like, I'm worried that now we're, everyone's going to like come out with their like best celebrity impression every time that they get the torch enough because they see like Danny's example. So we'll see what this leads to. Show some respect. Show some respect. I like, I almost have thought sometimes that they should not allow them to say anything after they've been voted out. I don't think that's a crazy call, but we get little glimmers of personality. So I, I'm not dead set against it. All right, Kayla. So we're going to talk Survivors on the Move, a Power Rankings update, and then we have a fan email to read before we call it a show. Um, so Survivors on the Mood, on the Move, I just wanted to pitch this new idea. So why don't we have to agree on, as two hosts of this podcast, an OutPod Player of the Week, who we think is the, is the person who moved up in the rankings most. What do you say to that? I love that. Okay. Really easy this episode. <laughs> Carolyn, right? Carolyn. I mean, Carolyn. <laughs> Carolyn, we both have voiced our concerns that maybe she's peaking a little bit too early, but like she just, I think you have to throw down when you're in that situation and she threw down and she is on the rise and, you know, you know, cats out of the bag, folks. Carolyn's been playing you and she's been playing hard this whole game and only now are her fellow contestants getting to see it. That part. Yeah. Um, Apart from her, I, I feel like the hard thing about naming other survivors in the move I feel like everyone remaining has a has a decent shot because you can see it going to Carolyn if she makes it. Carson definitely has a road. Jam Jam with his whole I voted out everyone who voted me definitely has a case to, to make. And then I think like you got folks like Lauren, Heidi and Jamie who could potentially team up to get, you know, three Tika members out and find their own path. And if they're in the final three, I have no idea what comes out of it. So it's not the final three I want. I've said, but like, ah, oh, yeah, it could happen. It could totally happen. Yeah, I think Jam Jam is honestly in a power position. I think they let him overstay his welcome, and Jam Jam is cutthroat. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah, he could. Yeah, the the next week on suggested he might be turning on Carolyn, and we could be in for an emotional and vengeful vote here if he tries to oust her. That that would be that would be heartbreaking. I, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. It'd but. be a sad day on the pod. It would be a sad day on the pod. It would be sad. Um, all right. So that's Survivors on the Move. Now let's move to our Power Rankings Points update. So as we said to the listeners last week, I opened up a bit of a lead because I was right on the money with my prediction that Franny would be voted out. Of course, Franny being Kayla's eventual winner. So that was a big blow. It, me- it meant I opened up a three-point lead. So Kayla, in this episode, you were really hoping against hope that... I aired that I went wrong, that my prediction winning streak could not last yet another episode. Unfortunately, you're doing last a week, lot. you're, you're doing num- so much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if the preamble is too much, because I could go on. I could go on. We can really stretch this out. Uh, so last week, your number one survivor, ultimate survivor, Franny, was voted out. Unfortunately, this week, your number two survivor was voted out, and that was Danny. That was Danny, and I hate to break it to you, I was right on the money again. I predicted Danny would be voted out in this spot. So I get the maximum three points. It's now a 10-4 lead 
on your host, Power Rankings. Kayla, uh, we can take a moment of silence. We can just, you know, I'll, I'll just throw the floor to you. Sound. Can you just enter like a boo? Like a <laughs> wah wah. <laughs> um, um, I am yeah. not really familiar with brackets, so I honestly feel like I can't win at this point. Um, I'm not willing to do the math on that yet, but I, I don't think I'm able to win. Yeah. Is that true, Isaac? I feel like you've done the math. <laughs> I haven't done the math, and math is not my best subject. Having said that, mathematically impossible is a phrase that comes to mind, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say I am not a watcher of sports, but I see why people who do watch sports do these little brackets because, like, why am I so damn invested? I think I about this on my free time about the bracket, <laughs> and, like, that's very interesting. So shout out to all the sports fans out there who do this multiple times a year. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, and, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I think maybe next season of Survivor, we'll create, like, a little Survivor Fantasy League, and maybe we'll even have some listeners join us, and they can uh, put their skills to the test against, their, against the hosts. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, okay, so enough on power rankings. Moving on to our final segment. So we got a fan email, Kayla, that I would love to read aloud for you. It's a, a quick topic of conversation about our favorite three survivors, the Tika team. Ready for it? Ready. All right. So this fan email asks us, if you look at Carolyn, Jam Jam, and Carson, so the three Tika players, based on what we have seen your, so far, who is your winner, who comes in second, and who comes in third? Carolyn. Yeah, Carolyn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Carolyn's number one after this week. I think she has so much momentum, but yeah, I'm jam jam versus Carson is tough for me. Um, My only concern is that jam jam is so amiable. I don't know if he'll come across as sort of like ruthless strategic enough and people might, I think Carson. Oh yeah. Quick question. Has Carson been lying about his age? I think he might be even younger than he's been telling. I think he's even younger. And Jeff kind of blew up his spot when he said, like, and non-alcoholic margaritas. And I was just like, yo, Jeff. Oh, yeah. So that's something Carson has in his back pocket. So I'm really split Carson versus Jam Jam. Um, But I, I still, at the end of the day, I agree with you. I think Carolyn, Jam Jam, and Carson is the right call. But there's definitely enough survivor left that that could any any one of those three could end up winning. All right, folks. Well, that's all we got. Thanks for sticking with us today. I feel like Kayla, are we agreed that this was the one of the? I think the mat the mat being voted out was the best episode. That was the best this episode. Is, but this yeah. is close second. Like close we second. Had the sauce. We had our favorite challenge. We had a little awkward yeah. moment with Jeff. Like it had everything you need to succeed in the survival. Yeah, great episode. Totally agree. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. As always, feel free to send us an email at wit, outplay, outpod at gmail.com. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcasting app. As always, the tribe has spoken, and so have we. Mm-hmm.